The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today, we are talking about the alarming rates in cancer among young women and how we can look at some preventive strategies to really help with this. Our guest is Dr. Christine Horner. She's an MD, a nationally known surgeon, author, and professional speaker, holds two board certifications in plastic surgery and in surgery. She was recognized as a leader in her field shortly after her plastic and reconstructive surgery practice because she successfully ran a national campaign to pass laws that required insurance companies to pay for breast reconstruction following mastectomy. Her five-year crusade with the BRA Project, which is Breast Reconstruction Advocacy Project, led to the passage of a federal law that was signed by President Clinton in 1998. The law was unprecedented because it was the first law that Congress passed requiring insurance companies to pay for a specific surgical procedure. Dr. Christine Horner is the award-winning author of Waking the Warrior Goddess, Dr. Christine Horner's program to protect against and fight breast cancer, which is in its third edition. She is the one of the country's leading authorities on breast cancer prevention, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Dr. Horner. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be back with you. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's, um, let's talk about, first of all, why is cancer on the rise among young women? Sure. You know, this was uh, you know something that I saw as an alarming trend in, in when I was in practice as a plastic surgeon. I was noticing that my breast cancer patients were getting younger and younger and younger. And finally, oh. I started doing breast reconstruction on women in the in their twenties who had you know with oh. breast cancer, and that obviously was just unbelievably alarming to me. And so. Um, you know, that along with uh, losing my own mom to breast cancer at that time, I thought that was really the impetus to have me start looking for answers here because I thought this is, you know, something's way wrong with this and there's got to be things that, you know, that women can do. And so I went through the medical research and uh, literally found thousands of studies that show exactly why we have a breast cancer epidemic and all the things that we're doing to contribute to it and the things that we traditionally don't do in this culture that are highly protective. Mm. And, um, you know, they're all natural. So food, supplements, herbs, life style things, everything I was taught uh, didn't really matter when I was in my Western medical training. Uh, but to specifically address your question about, like, mm. why are we seeing this in younger women? Because really that is alarming. Now, breast cancer does get 
get more common the older somebody is. So it's, you know, way more common in older women. But just the fact that we're seeing it in, in younger women um, is extremely alarming. And, of course, it's at a time when you're not looking for it and mm-hmm. no one would even suspect it. And if you have a right. lump and you go to your doctor, the doctor's thinking that's the last thing they're going to have and they may not, you know, thoroughly evaluate it. But, you know, with the things that are that I found that could be really significant contributors to it is that um, there's uh, this odd window, which and I call this a design flaw of God, which is there's this incredible window uh, during the teen years where everything you do affects you for the rest of your life. And, like, for example, uh, going in the sun, would that be one of them? Well, uh, not necessarily that one so much, but, you know, teenagers who eat the most red meat, for instance, which we know is a risk factor, have a much higher incidence of breast cancer for the rest of their lives. If you start your period early, you know, so this is something we're definitely seeing in the United States right now. We're around the world. The the average age of uh, going through puberty is about 16 to 17 years old. And in the United States, we're now having girls starting their periods mostly around 10 or sometimes even 8. You could say, okay, what's the big problem with that? Well, there's some huge problems with that. And and one is that with each menstrual period, there's a surge of a form of estrogen called estradiol, which is the strongest, Mm -hmm. most abundant form of estrogen and the one that has the highest association with with breast cancer. So the more estrogen we're exposed to over our lifetimes, the higher risk of our breast cancer um, is. And so when girls start their periods at age 10, they're obviously having a lot more periods than than a girl who starts their period at age Mm -hmm. 15. And what the research shows is that girls that start their periods that early actually have a 50% higher incidence of breast cancer for the rest of their lives. And why do you think that is? I mean, why why do you think that is? It's just too early. Our biology our biology really doesn't support us starting menstruation at that early age. Well, a couple different things. So one is um, we're not we're actually not designed to do that. Right. That's what <laughs> I mean. think it's right. yeah it's artificially happening. We think because of all the growth hormones that we're adding to the you know beef right. and the you know oh. the, um, into the dairy you know all the milk we have our children drinking. If it's not organic, it's got insulin like growth factor um, that's in very high quantities in it, and that's you know been shown to actually stimulate early puberty. There's all sorts of different kinds of uh, chemicals and things in plastics and makeup and all sorts of things yep. that um, have these estrogen mimickers in them. So we mm. think all those things are really contributing to um, the development of, of early puberty. And, you know, one thing that we could definitely do to slow that down, yeah. they found, is, you know, you want to make sure your kids are eating nothing but organic, you know, foods because really conventionally grown things are not safe, um, you know, as far as the amounts of pesticide residues or anything like that. Definitely, you know, minimum the amount of red meat consumption. If you do, you want to do um, organic, um, you know, um, uh, types of meats and things so they minimize the amount of contaminants that they can have in any kind of growth hormones. Organic dairy is mm-hmm. absolutely essential because that's one of the, mm-hmm. you know, major risk factors. And then just making sure everything in your house is, you know, non-toxic. Now, so there's now, what about vaccines? Now, uh, you know, and we talk about the HPV. TV uh-huh. vaccine, yeah. human uh-huh. papilloma. The problem yeah. with that, of course, is now these kids are sexually active, so if we're giving them a vaccine, 
right. kind of, in a way, giving them permission at that young age to have sex, but oh, yeah. they be getting a vaccine. <laughs> Tell I mean, you what, really. I want, yeah, you know what I want to do is just go back and finish one other thought about the, the early yeah. puberty, and then we can go on to that. So one thing is that with the puberty, one of the things that you can actually do besides, you know, non-toxic organic and everything is that the research shows that the one thing that really interestingly that you can do for kind of prepubescent girls is having them eat tofu, you know, mm. so organic tofu, because, you know, in this country we spray the heck out of it and do genetic modifications. So organic tofu, one of my favorite brands, and I just mention it because it's so hard to find, you know, decent uh, 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 tofu that's organic and doesn't have any DMOs. So it's um, called uh, Morinaga, and it's... Um, you know, in this really great package that they actually cook it inside the package so that it's, huh. like, completely sealed and, and it lasts, you know, you can have it on your shelf for a year and it's still fine. And you can get it at Costco or some of the, you know, other major grocery stores. So, anyway, that's a good one. But what they found is that if girls eat soy, and particularly, like, organic tofu, right around the pre-puberty area, uh, time, that soy will actually delay puberty from coming on and it also will mature the breast cells. So one of the reasons that we're seeing, you know, the uh, a more of a risk, you know, with girls starting puberty early is that their cells, breast cells are then immature and they're more sensitive to environmental toxins and radiation and all sorts of stuff. And so they have this much longer period of being exposed to that and being much more sensitive, you know, to those toxins. And when the breast cells mature, which usually doesn't happen until after you have your first child, that's when they become more resistant to toxins. However, tofu, good old tofu and soy, again, they found that that will mature the breast cells so the cells right. become more resistant. Right, but I want to ask you toxins. something. Yeah. I want to ask you about the soy because sure. there's a big controversy about soy. Uh-huh. Yep, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot uh-huh. of nutritionists that say that we should not have soy. Right. Is that because uh-huh. it's the processed soy, that it's not organic? Well, one of the reasons is that most of the soy in the United States is genetically modified and heavily right. sprayed. So that's one reason. The next is that there's a lot of, of misinformation out there that, you know, doctors, nurses, nutritionists, and all sorts of, you know, think um, that there's something of true about it, which really isn't. And that is a lot of the, the research that's been done has been done on mice and rats, and they found that then they'll make conclusions, oh, this is what happens in adults. Well, you know, when we had all that hubbub about, all the research was done on men and it wasn't done on women and we found that women, you know, were really different than men. We know that, right? But that we show up differently mm. in many different ways that you wouldn't even know about. And so we know that you can't necessarily translate studies, you know, from one, we're, we're the same species, right, <laughs> to, to another mm. just with a gender. But when you start doing things like transferring information from a rat to a human, sometimes it applies, other times it doesn't. When it comes to soy, it absolutely doesn't apply, you know, with, with the animals because they metabolize it completely differently. Mm. So, for instance, when they say, oh, you shouldn't eat, you know, soy because it, um, you don't, uh, it blocks you from absorbing, you know, iodine will give you a goiter. Well, that happens in animals, but not in humans. You know, so, uh, so that's, you know, one of the things. And I thoroughly went through all the research, you know, on this. So I'm super clear, you know, about um, the health benefits and particularly all for right. breast cancer. Yeah. So let's, I just want to move on to this whole thing of the HPV HPV, virus. Right, right. Yeah. You know, know, and of course, this is is one of these things I could just rage about. You know, 
the pharmaceutical companies. Okay, so they come up with this vaccine, right? Okay, now we're going to give it to your 10 years old, your 12 years old, and we're going to prevent them from getting cervical cancer. There's so many problems, you know, associated with this. And one of the, one of the things that is most alarming to me is if you start looking at um, the, the information out there about the number of complications associated with this particular vaccine, I mean, just to start out with, I mean, they, this vaccine has twice as many reactions to it and uh, horrible side effects, including death and permanent injuries than any vaccine that's ever been created on the planet. In fact, they've had 136 deaths of young girls, you know, using this particular vaccine, 922 disabilities and 550 life-threatening illnesses. And, you know, they found that, first of all, the incidence of cervical cancer isn't very great. Um, with the HPV vac, um, you know, infection, like 98% of it goes away on its own. You know, so you only got like 2% that um, are actually going to you know, go on to develop a problem, but we're doing pap smears and they've seen a reduction as much as you know, 70% in the incidence of cervical cancer you know, from doing that. So first of all, it's not that big of a problem. Next, you've got a vaccine that can kill and maim you know, people. Then it only lasts five years. So if you give it to your, like, you know, 12-year-old, by the time she's 18, it doesn't work anymore. If yeah. you give it to women yeah. who are older than that or have an infection with HPV virus, it makes it worse. It, you know, helps them to develop lesions. So to me, it's just the craziest thing, and it's, you know, extremely dangerous for young girls, you know, to be taking, and they're not really getting the, you know, proper information about it. And okay. one thing that's really exciting is that um, there's a mushroom formula that I love for a variety of different reasons, but it's called AHCC or active hexose correlated compound and it's one of the number one um, kind of complementary and alternative medicine techniques that are prescribed in Japan in Asia because it's got, you know, huge abilities to help to lower the risk of many different kinds of cancers and they uh, prescribe it in the hospital. We should be eating that. This would be one of your, and I want to get into your preventive ideas for us to prevent the cancers. Yeah, but you know what? MD Anderson just came out with um, a couple of studies. Um, recently, like a few months ago, that tested AHCC against the HPV virus, and they found wow. that it killed the HPV virus, and it prevented the infection. And it's like, for God's sakes, here you can take a, a wonderful mushroom supplement, easy keno capsule a pill that doesn't hurt you. I mean, it can help save your life in many different ways, and it helps to prevent it completely is what they found in this uh, mm-hmm. preliminary study out of, out of MD Anderson. So, you know, to me it's just ridiculous to be doing this, you know, vaccine instead really, bump, you know, HCC well, works by supporting all the cells in the immune yeah. system, you know, so it makes your immune system super strong, and that's extremely important in uh, helping to prevent disease, yeah. Terrific. Now, another one, that's definitely 20-somethings, but 30-somethings you talk about, Adding a probiotic, and three somethings can take the mushroom as well, right? But definitely well, adding the a probiotic. Well, you actually want in the teen years because this is the time when they actually found that um, the HPV virus is something that is the highest in uh, mm. teens. You know, between uh, 14 and 19 years old, for whatever reason, they, they tend to have a higher incidence of it, and that's when they're wanting to give the vaccine. So for teenagers, you know, this is where I'm saying start with H HCC, and it's going to also, you know, not only protect you from developing Developing breast cancer, but also, you know, help you uh, with that HPV virus, you know, too. Right. Now, the 20-something, um, you know, what we talk about is, is that's kind of the, the era where people are partying a lot, 
that, you know, yeah. and drinking too much. And they actually found um, there's a very strong association with alcohol and breast cancer. So the more drinks you have, mm-hmm. the higher your risk is. One drink Why increases is that? your risk. Why is that? Well, because it, it helps to increase the amount of estrogen that the body produces. And in fact, you know, men produce estrogen too, and women produce testosterone. We just do it in different amounts. But when men drink alcoholics, for instance, they have a much higher incidence of breast cancer, and they actually form breasts, you know, the, the mm. gynecomastia. So that's from producing too much estrogen. It also, um, you know, plays around with some other hormones that are things that will help to kind of um, create an environment that's positive for breast cancer. And then also it disrupts the liver enzymes that makes our body mm. less efficient at getting rid of toxins and excess amount of estrogens, you know, too. So of all the age groups as far as alcohol drinking, they actually found it's more damaging and when you're 20s because you're already producing high amounts of estrogen, you know, from your ovaries and so it adds on to that, and it gives you kind of the, the you know, biggest surge of amount of yeah. estrogen. So really, you know, yeah, a lot of things we that. didn't know. I want to get yep. into the probiotic and then sure. the mammograms, because I think that's sure. really something. But yeah. uh, So 30-somethings out of probiotic, and you talk about um, miso, cheese, pickles, chocolate, tofu, and chocolate, mm-hmm. of course, chocolate I'm very interested in. Yes, <laughs> and that's right. That's just talk about a really delicious one. Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. there's been so much research that's been done now on uh, what we call probiotics or basically looking at the um, types of bacteria that we have in our colon. We actually have more bugs per weight, body weight, than we do human cells. So we're, so we're mostly mm-hmm. bugs. And the, but we want these bugs, the good bugs, because they're things that do all sorts of different functions in our body that are absolutely essential for us as far as our digestion, our immune system, and, and all sorts of different things. And when you eat bad quality food, which a typical American does, and have a bad lifestyle, then the unfavorable or the bad bugs kind of take over, and um, and then, you, you know, it really impacts your health. So now um, we've def- definitely recognized that if you supplement, you know, you can eat these foods that are kind of high in, in the good types of bacteria, but also, you know, simply adding um, a supplement, a, a probiotic, and um, one that I recommend is um, is one that's uh, made from this particular bacterium that is called BB536 or Bifidobacterium longum, and the reason I like that one is actually a, a human bacteria, bacteria rather than an animal one, and they found that it, you know, most of the time you have to refrigerate the probiotics. They kind of, you know, tend to degrade, but these, this is super, super stable, so you don't even have to do that, and it's not going to break mm-hmm. down. But there's been, you know, 40 clinical trials or more on um in this particular strain, um, ProBioPure is, you know, one of the, um, you know, types that contains that. But basically what it does is it really causes your good bacteria then to be populated, and that really enhances your immune system. You know, one thing that most people don't realize is that the vast majority of your immune system is actually in your colon. So your colon health really affects um, your immune system. Yeah. So this is All right. I do want to talk yeah. about one that is, is really... I think controversial and amazing is you say skip the mammograms. And uh-huh. that's, that's not common knowledge. <laughs> so talk to you know, particularly if you're 40 and beyond. Right. All right. Well, you know, Go starting, ahead. Starting to get there. You know, we've had several really large studies that have come out um, that were excellent in the last year that um, really raised the controversy about it. So one study was uh, a study 
where they followed women for 25 years, and it was a prospective, randomized study. So this is where we get the very best information, just like the Women's Health Initiative, you know, that then discovered that hormone replacement therapy was not doing all the good stuff. In fact, there was a lot of problems with it, including causing cancer. So same thing with mammograms. You know, we just started using them uh, kind of extensively in the 1970s, and now what's done is we took, you know, one group of women that weren't getting mammograms and just did physical exam. The other group got mammograms every year. They followed them for 25 years. And at the end of that, they said, you know what? Absolutely no difference in, in breast cancer mortality. That's They're amazing. exactly the same. And wow. in addition to that, the, the big problem they, they pointed out was that mammograms overdiagnose. You know, so they are saying, okay, you've got breast cancer and you need to have all this treatment when in fact they don't have breast cancer. Most of them have a condition called... But then how do you duct- screen, Dr. Horner, if you're not going to use a oh, mammogram? so many wonderful things. So um, mammograms Again, there's so many problems with them. They're not actually valuable for women who are under 50 years old because you can't see through the breast tissue because it's too dense. 50% hmm. of women over 50 have dense breasts and you can't see anything. They're not good on big breasts, little breasts, reconstructed breasts, breasts that have implants in them. And and so you've got a very small kind of number of women where they actually have you know a p- possibility of being used. So, you know, for everybody, and actually you can start screening at very young ages, even in the 20s, like I said, we're, this is the one group where we're actually seeing a rise in breast cancer and more advanced breast cancer is in these young women, 20s and 30s and so forth, when you couldn't do a mammogram. So the best test, ultrasound, and actually they're making more sophisticated ultrasounds called a 3D ultrasound and elastography, which measures through a color mode the, the flexibility of the cell membranes. No. Is that thermography? No. No, so that's elastography, which is measuring the elastic flexibility of the cell membranes, and the firmer cell membranes come up as a different color than the ones that are flexible, and they can find things even as small as a, a millimeter, which is better than what a mammogram can. Mm-hmm. Thermography definitely is. It's a different technology. We call it a physiological exam, not an anatomical exam, but basically mm-hmm. it's showing you the physiology of the breast. So new blood vessels start to grow into the area before a tumor actually starts to form, and these blood vessels aren't normal. They grow in abnormal patterns. They produce an abnormal amount of heat. That's what thermography shows. And it kind of like think of your breast running a, a fever, you know, before or temperature, before you um, start to get a tumor formation. And this is a time where you can actually pick up these physiological changes, which are associated with a much higher incidence of developing breast cancer in the future, but you don't have it yet. So if you do certain things, like all the things I talk about in my book about, you know, the diet, the lifestyle, and some of these nutritional supplements, within 8 to 12 weeks, we've seen complete reversals of these early changes. So it's mm. a technology that allows us to be truly preventative to teach people about what they need to do to support their health and when they can see a change in their thermogram within 8 to 12 weeks, it's so motivating for them, you know, when yep. they can visually see that, that it's made this yep. difference. All and right, then so also physical exam, you know, so physical examination, 70% of tumors are found through physical examination, so that's very important as well. Yeah. All right, so let's recap. We have a few minutes left. What sure. are the tips that you want to give to women in terms of how can they prevent 
breast cancer, and cancer. What are the things it can do? You said a lot of things, but just let's review them. I did. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, you know, people say, how, how young should you be when you start thinking about prevention? And most of the time we're thinking, oh, we'll think about it when we're 40. No, you think about it from birth because actually children, infants that are breastfed have a much lower incidence. It's important to have your children eating, you know, organic foods and avoiding, you know, toxins and so forth um, so that you don't have early puberty. Adding some soy, you know, the tofu, organic, again, the uh, more Nagi is a great is a great brand right around you know puberty time, um, and uh, and then also avoiding that HPV you know vaccine because I'm telling you that stuff I would never give it to my daughter and instead choose AHCC the active hexose correlated compound mushroom formula you know to boost the immune system kill off that virus and also help to prevent um, you know breast cancers in the future um, minimize alcohol in your 20s in particular I mean one to two drinks tops and if you take folic acid, actually, um, 400 micrograms a day when you're drinking, it helps to um, minimize oh. the amount of damage, you know, that happens with alcohol. So, but definitely you don't want to do any more than two. You said um, folic acid. Folic acid, so folate, the B vitamin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 400 micrograms a day has been found to kind of protect against some of those damaging effects of alcohol up to one to two glasses, but beyond that, it's, you know, it's really not good. Okay. Um, in, your, in your 30s, good time to start with a probiotic. You could certainly start younger than that, too, and this helps to really uh, create more beneficial bacteria in your colon, which affects your health in all sorts of different ways, including helping to really support your immune system. And then finally, um, you know, when we're looking at screening exams, I always, you know, emphasize doing prevention. That's the most important thing we should be thinking about, but you don't want to do mammograms. They actually increase your risk, too, because they use radiation, and particularly if you use them younger, they're really associated with an increased risk. So use uh, modalities that do not use radiation, ultrasounds, thermography, physical examination are are, uh, kind of the best ones. And to do them in combination, you don't ever rely on one test alone. You need three, actually, to get the most uh, best information because no test is perfect. Okay, and I assume most of this or all of this is in your book. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about that. We've got about a couple minutes here. Okay. So your book is Waking the Warrior Goddess. Warrior Goddess. Yeah, kind of an odd title, but what it's about is really enlivening your body's inner healing intelligence, which is what all these techniques are. And it goes over everything that I could find in the medical research that has an association. Either you need to avoid or you need to favor. And they're all natural. And actually, they found that 95% of breast cancers could be prevented through knowing exactly exactly what to avoid and exactly what to favor. So I go through all the different foods, the do, kind of key nutritional on your website? Do you have uh, any of these uh-huh. products on your website? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I have some of those key products on my website, drchristinehorner.com, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. If you'd like an autographed copy of my book, it actually won the best health book of the year and is now in its third edition, oh, uh, which came out last fall. Um, you can get that on my website as well. All right, and are you still practicing, or are you lecturing and teaching now more? Uh, so mostly lecturing and teaching, but I do offer consultations on my website. Uh, it's telephone consultations that people can sign up for all over the United States and even internationally. I do Skype on uh, mostly early diagnosed breast cancer patients, so I can help them kind of do the best techniques of combining Western as well as complementary and alternative medicine, which has been shown to have a three times better outcome, and really help them kind of navigate through that whole scary maze of, of uh, doing treatments so that you get the very best outcome. Right. 
Thank you so much for being oh, on the program, welcome. Dr. Hunter. My yes. pleasure. Great. All right. Um, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks. Uh, that closes out Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Go to um, Dr. Horner's website, and again, her book is Waking the Warrior Goddess. And Dr. Horner, it's it's um, Christine Horner, MD.com. No, it's uh, Dr. Dr. No punctuation. DrChristineHorner.com. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thanks so much. All right, You're welcome. All right, stay on the line for a minute. Again, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 